0: Hey, welcome back to In the Grow Space. My name is David McGlennon, and I'm really grateful that you're here with me here today. You know, it's my belief that if we're going to grow um, both personally and professionally, we've got to be able to learn new things. And that kind of a mindset, that learning model, that learning process, it involves failure. And if you think about it, we never do something new right the first time, right? if we're doing something new, it's going to take some failure. It's going to take some trial and error. And and honestly, trying something new is all about getting in that space that's just outside of our comfort zone. And and before we get into that that thing, that imaginary um, barrier that I call the terror barrier. And Whenever we bump up against that terror barrier, it's so easy to go back into our comfort zone and just say, hey, it's not worth it. So really growth is just being persistent enough to really bust through the terror barrier and really getting, getting through that discomfort of doing something new. And in this part of this season, uh, season three here of the podcast, we've been talking about a, a theme of listening generously and speaking straight. And, and, and those are some key behaviors, some key fundamentals to success in our growth path. And today, I'm actually talking with an entrepreneur. His name is Brian Clayton, and he's got a company by the name of GreenPow. And he's going to talk about his path to success. And I, I think he is going to demonstrate Um, this idea of getting outside of your comfort zone, doing something new, being persistent enough to just bust through the terror barrier and just really getting good at being comfortable, being uncomfortable. But GreenPal as a company has an app or it it, it is an app that um, Entrepreneur Magazine has dubbed the Uber for lawn mowing service. Um, I think it's a brilliant idea. And he, he, Brian, has been a successful entrepreneur. He is the co-founder of GreenPal, and um, he was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and he developed an early interest in entrepreneurship, and he started his first business at the age of 13, mowing lawns in the neighborhood. And we get into that story just a little bit, so I, I'm excited for you to hear that then after completing high school, Brian continued to grow his landscaping business and he eventually founded the company called Peachtree. And that then began to uh, grow into really one of the largest landscaping companies in, in Tennessee. Then under uh, uh, Brian's leadership, that company, Peachtree, generated over $10 million a, a year in annual revenue. And then they were acquired by Lusa Holdings, which is an, a national company in one of the largest acquisitions in the landscaping industry. Then following that uh, acquisition, uh, Brian took a little bit of a, a sabbatical. And so we talked just a little bit of that. And I think there's some really interesting learnings in there as well. And then, of course, he turned his, his focus to his new venture, GreenPowl. And GreenPal um, has grown. It's grown really rapidly. If you can, if you can imagine, um, Uber for for your lawn service. You 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 go on and you you say, hey, I need my lawn mowed tomorrow. Um, his app will do that for you. He'll connect you with a service provider, and they now serve over two hundred thousand active users. Um, they've completed thousands of of transactions every day. And the company has been recognized by a lot of different publications, um, Entrepreneur Magazine being one of them. And that's the that's the uh, magazine that dubbed it the Uber for lawn care. Um, and what's interesting too is uh, Brian's business, his company is really like self-funded. In other words, it, it hasn't acquired any outside uh, equity or outside investment. And that's really, really unheard of in today's startup world. And um, the company is, you know, doing really well. Um, it, it's reported to be doing over thirty million dollars a year in revenue, and you know, for a bootstrapped business, that's that's really remarkable. I, I really loved this conversation with Brian, um, not only about business growth, but really personal and, and leadership growth as well. I, I know that you're going to get so many takeaways from this episode, and, and I just want to invite you. That when you hear something that Brian says that really clicks with you or something that we share in this, in this episode, I'd love for you to just to jot it down and maybe um, go to your, your podcast app, write a review for the, for, the, uh, for, for the podcast, and then be able to share it back with us and the team. I would really, really love that. And it would really help us to to really continue to forge the relationship uh, that hopefully is not just one way, um, but we can hear back from you as well. Well, hey, um, let's go ahead and get into the conversation with Brian Clayton right now. Well, hey, uh, Brian, thank you so much for for being here uh, in the growth space. And i um, just really excited to have you on today and, and really just to have this conversation with you.
1: Well, thanks for having me on, David. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, you know. As, as I looked at your story and, and just kind of heard, I've, I listened to you on some other podcasts. I thought, man, you've just got such an amazing growth journey and I'd I'd love to have you just share a little bit about kind of what, what does that growth journey look like for you? And I I know you're an entrepreneur and you've, you've been through, you know, a number of different um, entrepreneurial endeavors. And so I'd love to just kind of maybe paint the picture of, you know, the, the, the larger picture of the, of the journey.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a great question, because I think if you're doing any kind of business, small, medium or large, and you're putting your like heart and soul into it, you as a person evolve into a whole new person every year. or two, yeah. And that's the way I've experienced it now, I guess, 22 years uh, in entrepreneurship. Uh, today, I'm CEO and co-founder of a company called Green Pal, which is an app. That is uh, works like Instacart or DoorDash or Uber, but for lawn maintenance services. So like homeowners can use it to, to hire a lawn care service at a few t- taps on their smartphone rather than calling all over the place. Nice. But before that, uh, I actually had a lawn mowing business. I, I, I mowed grass in high school as a way to make extra cash and Love something that. about uh, something about that little small business stuck with me. I thought this could be my this could be my thing. This could be my lane in life. And yes. so I just kind of threw everything I had into growing that little lawn care business and, and year after year, just made little goals and, and over a 15-year period of time, built it into a pretty large company, around 150 employees. Oh. Uh, and then it was acquired in 2013. And after that, I took a little bit of time off and then I took everything I learned in that first journey and, and poured it into Green Pal. And now GreenPowl is like a 10-year overnight success. It's taken us about a decade to get where we are. But now we're nationwide in the United States, around 300,000 people using Green GreenPowl to get their grass cut.
0: That's amazing. I, I, you said something there that I just intrigued me a moment, and and I'd love to just hear your thoughts. You said you took some time off after you sold the first business what was that like for you? I mean, it was so I just came off of a sabbatical. And so I'm kind of thinking that's where my head's at. And I'm thinking, well, wow, that's kind of a cool, cool thing for you to do to be able to take some time. What did that look like for you? Or what did that time off look, for, look like for you?
1: Yeah, it was very surprising. Caught me off guard. Uh, because I thought uh, I was going to sell the company and then like, not necessarily like live the good life, but like take it down a couple notches. I I thought that I was just going to do some like passive investing and maybe some real estate investing and things like that. And, and, uh, it, it, I learned a lot about myself in that Mm. six months, maybe, maybe it was like 10 months, um, that I was, that I was really getting fulfilled by my, my business, that, that Mm. my business was the thing that was causing my life to be interesting in a way. and. Looking back, it kind of makes sense. Uh, I read a book by Donald Miller uh, called A Thousand Miles in a Million Years. And in that book, he talks about to live an interesting life, you have to have an interesting story. And I'm reading that book. I'm like, yeah, my business is the storyline to my life. and. When I sold my first company and, and, and did what I thought I wanted to do, which was travel and like sit on a beach. It was almost like you, you you're watching a movie and then it got really boring and, and <laughs> got really crappy. Uh, and it was funny. almost like, like a movie where like the first half was cool and interesting and then the second half sucked. And so that, that's how it's uh, like, that bothered me. And I, and I didn't really want to get back in the game. I didn't want to go through the, 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 the challenges of starting a business. You know, Elon Musk says that, uh, starting a startup is like is like chewing glass, but you come to love the taste of your own blood, and I, I didn't want to go through that again. But yeah, right. but I, I was kind of drawn back to back to get into the game. I thought I need a project, I need a mission, I need this, I need I need something challenging, and and uh, I was kicking around the idea for Green Pal, really for years uh, before that, that. That 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 kind of app should exist in the world, yeah. and I thought, well, why can't it be me? Why can't I lead a team to <laughs> to do that? and built, built a little team. I thought it was going to be pretty easy. I thought it was going to be like a, a couple year deal. And, and now here we are 10 years in, still still working on the same set of challenges that we were 10 years ago. How do we make ordering a lawn mowing service as easy as pushing a button?
0: Yeah, wow, that's that's amazing. And I, I love the fact that you you thought about the meaning of your work in that time period. Because it's it's funny because um, I, I have an uncle who's retired like three times. And it, it, he keeps going back because he, 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 in one of our conversations, he said, David, I can only play golf so much, you know, it's just right. only so much golf you can play. And he gains meaning from that. And, and it, I thought it was really fascinating to, to hear you say that, because I think that that work does give us meaning and, and it gives the, the storyline of our life. And, and I don't think there's a lot of leaders that maybe think that way.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's funny. You see it with, with, with the big dogs, you know, like uh, how long is Jeff Bezos really going to sit on a yacht? You know, yeah, I, right. I expect him to come back and run Amazon or run for president or something, something at yeah. some point. You know, it's like these guys never, even though guys that have it all, never uh, sit idle long. They're always getting back in the game. And there's something about, I think, the human spirit that, that that's driving them to do that. And I've yeah. experienced it at a very small level that, uh, that if you get complacent and you don't have a mission and you don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning and crush it, yeah. it doesn't feel very good. It feels yeah. empty. And for me, my business, however, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm not in some kind of big, glamorous business. I ran a lawn care company and grew it to something, and now I run an app that makes lawn mowing as easy as pushing a button. I'm not doing big, glamorous, world-changing stuff here, but it is the mission for my life, yeah. and it is the answer to the question – if it wasn't for me, then what? And, and for me, the, the business is, is always the answer to that question. Why do I need to get out of bed this morning? Why does it matter? What, what, what what will happen if I didn't? And the answer is, you know, there's, there's 32,000 contractors now that use green powder run their little business. And that's, that's a big responsibility that, that, that I take very seriously. And, and that's kind of my life's purpose. It's, if, if it wasn't for me, then, you know, there's some contractor, you know, in, 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 in Georgia somewhere that's not going to be able to mow 20 yards today yeah. and, and make their mortgage payment. That's very real. And so right. that's important to me.
0: Man, that's, that's amazing. And, and it re- really triggers a a thought to me. And and it's, I, I think I heard you say this on another podcast about people. It's, it, it really is about people. And I think that growing a business, growing even our, our own leadership and our own leadership journey is about helping other people, helping them to, to, to fulfill their dreams. And, 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 and I think uh, maybe talk a little bit about that because as you grew your business, um, you really focused on people and, and if I'm not mistaken, um, culture as well. And, and that you, you saw that as a really important part of, of the, your business growth.
1: It's a big part of it and you know i'm, I'm kind of introverted by nature so I, I had to learn how to do this stuff the hard way and <laughs> and come into my leadership style kicking and screaming sure. but it at the end of the day you know when you reach like maybe level three or four of the game you realize that wow this isn't about me mm. this is about the, the the people that depend on this business my employees my stakeholders uh the the people that rely on this company for, the, for their livelihood and then that like unlocks a new level of the game um, where where you you are more fulfilled by this next level and and I've experienced that now twice and it, it is true it, it, it you know I, I recently took a road trip through Alaska with with my nephew and I really got into the book uh, into the wild and i, I started oh, reading yeah. that book and and the, the main character in that book says uh, happiness is only real when shared mm. and and in that book he kind of goes into the wild and goes into this uh, period of isolation for a long period of time and he realizes that about himself that really, Happiness is only real when shared. And I think you can replace happiness with success yeah. and say success is only real when shared. And so Love and that. so the true success is like there's people in your orbit, there's people in your company, there's employees, there's stakeholders, there's partners, and they're being lifted up because they're in business with you. And that is true success. It's It's planting seeds where other people can prosper and grow alongside mm-hmm. you that's a lot of fun. Cause when you yeah. hoard it all for yourself and go it alone, it's, it's, it's not as fun as maybe it's not even real. Right. Um, and I've tried to do it that way because I'm an <laughs> introvert. I really would just rather sit in a room by myself with a laptop, but it's not that that's not the path. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I'm curious too, as you've realized that about yourself and as you, have you know, focused on that people aspect of your businesses, like how important was that, and and maybe like what was the impact that that had on the success of the business?
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I I did this so wrong in in my first company. I remember it very clearly. One day I was maybe year seven or eight, and it, it, we were going through. Uh, the, the first financial, like cri- the the 08 financial crisis. So business was tough. Sure. And I remember driving to the, to the office and I thought, this sucks. I hate this. uh I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate our customers. <laughs> Employees are pissing me off. Yep. Yep. And why, why is it like this? And what, 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 why is this happening to me? And then, and then, and then something clicked in my head, something like maybe a voice said in my head, Hey, you idiot, you built this. <laughs> this is, <laughs> This is literally a reflection of you. Yeah. And I think as the founder, you get exactly the company mm. culture you deserve. You get exactly yeah. the level of enthusiasm from your people that you deserve. They're mirroring your enthusiasm. They're mirroring yeah. your commitment. They're 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 mirroring your level of of uh of intensity that you're bringing to to the to the business. The vibrations that you're bringing, they're mirroring that and yeah. and uh I had to learn that the hard way. I was like, "No, I'm my attitude sucks. I'm pissed off. I'm bringing this to the to the office, and and at the time, maybe there's 50 or 60 people there, and and they're mirroring my vibe. So it took like two years to figure it out and fix it, and and realize that at the end of the day, I was in I was in the servitude business. I was in the I was I was literally I had to care and give a crap about my people mm. and care where they were trying to go in life and how did the business fit into that. And I and it took a while. It took a while for me to sure. learn it. it. Took a while for me to implement it and to see the results. But the results were it went from a miserable place, miserable place to work to to one that was fun that I enjoyed, and, and inevitably, probably the thing that enabled the business to get acquired by a much bigger outfit was because we had that vibrant energy at, at, at the at the core of it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's that's really fascinating that you you, you said that because it to, to me it was it's a lot about. Um, self-awareness and becoming self-aware that, that the, the, the culture is a reflection of, of me as the leader. And um, that, that vibe, that um, uh, feel of the people is, is a reflection of me. How did you, like, I I know you said, you know, something like, you know, it it came to you, but how did you really come to that self-awareness? Because I think that a lot of leaders don't um, they, they stay in an unaware state and they, they keep trying to power ahead, um, and maybe hit their head against the wall. Like maybe I'm the only one, but, but, um, no, it's, how it's did you, true. yeah. How did you come to that awareness?
1: It, it, it was a total bottoming out. It mm. was a total, um, everybody literally i mean literally everybody in in the, in the company was pretty much pissed off on a daily basis mm. i i was up i was not happy running the business um our customers and it was and it, and it was reflecting in the services that we rendered to our customers they mm-hmm. were calling in complaining all the time because we weren't hitting certain goals and and, and and meeting their expectations and and so it was a total utter bottoming out until i had to like look in the mirror and I and my and I was lucky because I had stumbled onto some John Maxwell stuff at the time and, sure. and these were like books that I bought and like put on a shelf somewhere and forgot about <laughs> yeah. uh, but I started reading a couple of, of of this guy's books and 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 he really lays it out how how leadership is servitude mm-hmm. and it's like okay yeah sure that sounds great and that's fluffy but <laughs> uh, the more and more I started reading uh, over his materials and then trying to Try, uh, like like a friend told me look just try this go into the office tomorrow and just bring donuts for everybody and just see what happens yeah and i did that and uh and, and you know rather than going to the office like passing by the secretary hey uh you know uh, i went in it's like hey how you doing uh I passed by Dunkin' Donuts. Thought I'd bring donuts for everybody, and like they looked at me like I was weird. Like, <laughs> like what's, what's wrong happening? with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. he yeah. lost his mind? That's uh, and and so and and so then I started like, okay, that was kind of funny. What happened? It was kind of a neat experiment, but that was revealing. Mm. Like, man, they really do look at me like I'm a jerk, and <laughs> I don't think I'm a jerk, but maybe I am. And so, <laughs> I think one of the the most self-aware. Uh, exercises like the the, the best exercise you can do in building self-awareness is run a small business even if you're running a home cleaning company with one helper uh it'll teach you things about yourself you didn't know yeah and uh because at the end of the day the marketplace is the ultimate judge and the marketplace is a relentless purveyor of feedback telling Mm -hmm. you everywhere your business is coming up short and a lot of times it comes back to the founder's leadership style, and and so that's going to always be there, letting you know where where you need to work on and, and where you need to improve, and so that's how it happened for me. I, I wish yeah. I could have saved myself five years of, of headache had I got coaching early on, maybe sure. or something. But it was just something I had to learn the hard way.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know something you said kind of um, captivated my thought for a second, and that that is um, so one of the things that we're doing, you know, on, on the podcast and. And and even in my um, uh, my my leadership groups is we're kind of taking these themes um, of of culture of of cultural behavior behaviors I call them fundamentals. And two of those behaviors that we're kind of you know um, talking about right now are listening generously and then speaking straight. And. I think that, um, we can't speak straight unless we listen generously first. And, and it sounds like to me, like some of the things that you're demonstrating is almost that speak straight conversation with yourself. You had to kind of speak straight to yourself. And, and what I mean about speak straight is like, Hey, I got to tell the truth. I got to be direct, but yet I got to move the situation forward. I need to like, you know, move it in a direction that's, that's positive. That's, that's generative. And I'm I'm curious if that, like, resonates with you at all.
1: It's really easy to BS your own self, your <laughs> yourself, right? You know, and and uh, a mentor told me one time some really good advice was to not believe your own BS, and yeah. and that, that's easier said right. than done. It's right. it's really hard to to see those blind spots, and I mean, the few times I've done like a like a <laughs> like a total 360. uh uh solicitation of feedback from people that work for me was some of the most painful (laughs) painful moments in my life but it was what i needed right and and so it 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 is hard and it's hard for everybody so don't think it's just you but i think uh i I think to not believe your own bs and when you find faults in in others maybe people that work for you and stuff ask yourself the same question about yourself it's like okay well yeah they're imperfect in this way but but what am I not seeing about myself, yeah. you know, like that, that, that I'm also doing. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's cause it's not always, it's not, it, 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 you're the common denominator in all of these things. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's how I've, I've dealt with it, but I'm not, I'm not really good at it. I, I try to at least once a year, just, you know, now our team's much smaller, it's only 40 people, but, mm-hmm. but I try to, I, I, I try to solicit that feedback and I try to take yeah. it to heart. You can't take all of it to heart. Right. Because, because sometimes it's not well-founded, but if you, right. it's like, I don't need to, to see five people trip over a piece of carpet and know we got to fix that carpet. Right. Um. You know, it's like, if you uh, start seeing commonalities, you, yeah. you know, there's, there's some opportunities you need to work on and getting a coach helps. Yeah, you know, I've, sure. i I've, I've worked with a coach for, for three years now and that, that mm-hmm. helps, but this stuff's not easy. Uh, yeah. But to, to keep front of mind, at least I do, don't believe your own bs yeah, i love that it, it <laughs> yeah. helps me one thing that that really that really has helped me uh in the last 3 or 4 years is 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 muay thai boxing this is really weird oh yeah but it, when you when you are doing combat sports there's no there's no space for for bs there's no yeah. there's there's it's like it it it's 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 the purest thing that there is and so that that is made me humble in so many ways that that <laughs> that 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 I never knew about and so yeah. that in a weird way like training is some sort of combat sport I know it sounds weird but I think it no, can help it's... with your humility you're right and and it can help with and, and, and a lot of what goes into a, being a great leader I think is, is is being humble and so that's that's one weird thing that's helped me a little bit no about, about man. I mean, self awareness.
0: I, I mean, I can imagine, like you know, when you're when you're. I've never done you know anything like that, but uh, you know, I've watched you know MMA and I've you know, and and even the best um grapplers and the best you know MMA artists um, they tap out every now and again. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to tap out, and that's that takes humility because it's like my I, God, I'm so either does. I'm either gonna tap out or I'm gonna die here. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and the thing for me is is uh, you know, I, I weigh. 220 and getting and tapping out from from a kid that 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 weighs <laughs> weighs 160 pounds oh man uh, yeah. you know like like Lesson that's humility, that's, right? that's 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 humbling right and, yeah. and and it's like well how what is that how does that even translate into going in and leading your team of, of 10 people yeah i don't know how but it does for me in a weird way it's like man yeah, you're not no. really you're not really the stuff man like <laughs> you know you need to go into this situation a little more humble yeah. because remember that kid last night at, 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 at that that tapped you out in yeah. in, in five minutes right. eh,
0: you know you might want to like listen to what people are telling you here you know well, it's a weird yeah. thing
1: but it translates
0: no man i mean i think i think what you're saying too is we all have blind spots man right. and whether it's in in our leadership and that's you know the benefit of the 360 or a coach or whatever uh, mentors, you know, mastermind groups, but, it, but also, you know, like in the grappling, you know, look, you're, you're, if you got to tap out, you're going to go back and reset, you know, reset and, and refresh. Like, what did I do? And what, what move did I make? Or what did they exploit that helped that made me tap out? And so right. I think in leadership, it's, it's really about seeing what we don't see and having others point out our own, our blind spots. And yeah, man, that's not you know, that's that's not pleasant sometimes. No, it's not. <laughs> I totally and, get it's, it's not, and, and and I
1: struggle with it. I think every leader struggles with it. And uh, you know, you can. Uh, one of my favorite books is the is the is the autobiography of of Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. Yeah. And but the thing that sucks about that book is there's very little that you can you can pick up about leadership in that book. Yeah. And so my point is like you can't necessarily like take Elon Musk's leadership style uh, or or Steve Jobs's leadership style and put it into your little small business. It, it ain't, you ain't Steve Jobs. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, (laughs) elon musk and so it's like it's important to know what yeah. your lane know know where you're at in the in in the game and and and, and, a, and adapt an appropriate leadership style yeah and uh and yeah. because at times i've i've tried to do that I've, I've tried to have this kind of benevolent dictator type of thing and it it doesn't work <laughs> it doesn't at a practical work. level
0: yeah no kidding yeah I, I totally get that well and then i think the shift from you know that that idea of the—I loved your phrase—benevolent dictator. Um, it, you know to, to being able to be an empower empowerer, someone who empowers your people to be able to, you know, take you take your company to a level that you couldn't do without that. And and I think right, you know, I, I was actually just talking with a, a really good friend of mine and a member of my master, my own personal mastermind group, and um, you know, he he was talking about the 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 prevailing thought in especially in America he's not from America, um, but the prevailing thought in America is this this bold um, maverick I can do it myself and and mm. I can I'm gonna do you know the Frank Sinatra I'll do it my way right and 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 really at if you look at the most successful leaders the most successful businesses they've got a team and that right. team is. Is cohesive they, they they speak straight they listen generously they honor their commitments they practice their blameless problem solving and i think that that's that's missing i think in some leaders minds is that it does take a team and it does take the power of really tapping into the strengths of of our people
1: it totally does and it's one of the hardest things about this, you know, it, it, you can get through level one, two or three of the game solo and maybe just willing it into existence. But yeah. if you want to, however you measure success, whether it's revenue or customers or traction or whatever, you're going to mm-hmm. have to build a team. You can't go it alone and you're going to have to learn your leadership style and, and, and adapt and, and, and get better and better. And and for me, you know, one thing that I've done wrong is I've spent too many years just sideways and, and not oh, growing, not yeah. not taking the feedback from my people and feedback from my customers. You know, I think oh, yeah. if you if you listen to customers like intensely, it can help your leadership style and and. Mm-hmm. And because at the end of the day, that's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to solve a problem for our customer. We're trying to come together and build something together that, that, that solves a problem for people in the, in the real world. And one tactical thing that's helped me with the business and my leadership style is is even now today, you know, we have 300,000 people using GreenPow. I still do at least an hour a day of, of direct customer support. So, oh, so man, I cool. jump in the the live chat. I I'll answer email tickets. I'll get on the phones, yeah. and I'll still do an hour a day of of customer support. And so what that does is, there's a weird gap that forms in every business between founder logic and customer logic. Yeah. And so and so that helps close that gap. And so That's that cool. that enables me to always kind of like know what our customer wants. And then when I'm when I'm talking to the team, they know that I'm not speaking from like guesses and assumptions or yeah. from a very top down type of things. Like, no, I'm, I'm in there with you guys. I'm, right. I'm in the trenches with you. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday and this is what she's saying. And this is where the product is is confusing people. We need to fix that. Here's why mm. I've spoken to them. And, and, and so bringing that, 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 that uh, commitment to, to get in the trenches with your team, you're never going to get anywhere if you're, if you're doing everything yourself, but, 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 right. but work in kind of some time where you can like, be in the trenches with your team and know what your customers want it makes you more of an authentic leader i think
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people mm-hmm. want to follow somebody like that people want to follow somebody who 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 will jump onto the front lines with yeah. them from time to time
0: well yeah i think so too i mean it's it's really powerful to to be able to see the the owner of the company the founder you know getting in and doing stuff like that to be able to really understand you you may think one way and you may think oh yeah customers need this but when you're actually you know interacting with them and they say no actually i don't need that but i do need this it, it can it can open your eyes to totally um, you know maybe maybe another service offering totally um, it's, yeah. it's free
1: r d yeah and, <laughs> and the reason why it, it just sounds like a simple thing, and it's like duh. But I mean, it sucks. It's not fun. Like yeah. you know, you got a big team to run. You got a business to run. You don't want to do an hour of customer support. Right. It just it seems. But but then after I I I committed to do it for hundred, a hundred days in a row, hundred yeah. working days in a row. And after I did that, I was like, man, I should have been doing this all along. Like wow. this is free R and D. My team appreciates it because because at times I was wrong. Yeah. And they were bringing things to me, and I'm like, "No, you don't understand. This is the vision. This is what we're trying to do." And then when you get in there and see it for yourself, yeah. um, it helps. It helps form your perspective a little bit better. So that's a tactical thing. Um, yeah. I think I that think can help great. anybody.
0: Yeah, I think that's really great. And I, I hope the, the 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 leaders, especially the founders who are watching, um, and or or listening, um, really take that to heart because how you know I, I might even ask them, you know, how how can you you know, bridge that gap between what right. you think is going on with what your customers are really saying. And and frankly, I think that's probably even true with your people. Like how can you bridge the gap between what you think is happening and, and what they need and and what they really need and and, and bridging that gap I think is really a, a growth opportunity for 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 any leader.
1: Exactly. You you have a value proposition for your customers. Mm-hmm. what what do you do differently than anybody else in the market what do you, yeah. what problem do you solve and so on but you also have a value proposition for your team your yeah. people if yeah. they can work for anybody especially in this job market why should they dis- sh- why should they choose to work for you and your team and your mm-hmm. mission versus anybody else and yeah. and if you don't have a strong value proposition for your people then 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 you're probably going to get stuck with people that that aren't that great that aren't right. that committed, that aren't that enthusiastic. So work on that. Why Why would anybody come work for you versus any other option available to them in the market?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. Hey, I wanna maybe shift gears for just a second because there was something that I heard you say on a, a on another podcast, or it might've been in just in some information that I was reading um, from you. But, um, and it, it's near and dear to my heart because I, I was a partner with my dad for almost 20 years. And I think, to, to, you know, if my research is right, um, you you know your dad had a you know really a, a pivotal um, uh, uh, place in your growth journey, and so Absolutely. I'd love for you to just to talk about you know what what was that part that he played in your in your life?
1: Absolutely. So my my dad was in the military uh, when I was growing up, so I was I was living in a in a I guess you could say a military household. Sure, sure. And uh, and and so. I think in the mid '90s, uh, like 90, maybe '94, '95. I think he got tired of watching me play Super Mario Kart all day, and I'll never forget. He, he, he was like, "Hey, funny. Uh, get off your butt! I got. Uh, I actually, I talked to the neighbor. I got a gig for you. Uh, you you're gonna go mow the neighbor's yard, uh, and I, I negotiated the price of twenty dollars. And and I said, I don't, I don't mow yards. He said, "Yeah, no, yeah, you do.
0: <laughs> you do now, right? <laughs> you do now. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that." <laughs>
1: He still tells the story to this day, and he's like, "Oh, that's great." And he go, and and so, uh, and they said, "Yeah, you do." And and he made me, he, he drugged me over there. Uh, I was pissed off, and yep. and uh, I begrudgingly push mode this guy's yard. And my dad helped me do it. He he pointed out the spots I was missing, and <laughs> and like great. literally walked the whole property with me after we were done. And then we we knocked on the door, and and I got paid twenty bucks. And I don't know. I remember it very clearly. Uh, I something clicked in my head uh, that this is it. This is, this is what it's all about. I can do this and make as much money as I want. I can, I can, this, I could, I could work on this business rather than Mm. hitting my folks up for money all the time. And so that simple thing, He made me do something I didn't want to do. But that was kind of that was leadership. You know, that was that was that was that was kind of a a good example of a a benevolent dictator. (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Benevolent. That was that was a benevolent dictator. He made me do something (laughs) that he knew that I needed to do. And uh, and it it really worked out. Um, he, He said, man, I'm so glad that I made you go mow the yard rather than bought you a pair of ice skates or something i don't know what you how you would have been different like you know so that kind of it kind of worked out uh so so without him without that lesson ah man i probably wouldn't have had as much of an interesting life as i've had to this point Mm. and i wouldn't have been able to build the things i've been able to build and be a part of the teams that i've I've been able to assemble Mm. a lot of things were spawned from that little moment in time
0: Man, I, I think that's so I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you for sharing that, because I think that so oftentimes if we, we can think about those moments as, yeah, you know, just I, I, I was a kid and, you know, man, it just really pissed me off and I really didn't want to do that. But when you take it and you look at it as a as a learning and you kind of reframe it and go, man, that really taught me all of these values, the value of you know hard work, the value of discipline, the value of of, of what I what could be the possibilities um, of if I do this for myself, I could really, I could make money. I don't have to ask my mom and dad for, I think those kinds of, um, perspectives are so important. Um, I, so I, what's, I'm just kind of curious, what's next for you on your growth journey? I mean, I know you, you've, you've got this app and it's, it's, a, it's, it's doing really well. Um, what's, what's next? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's 10 years in. Three hundred thousand
1: yeah. plus people using it, um, but it still feels like day one. It still feels well, like man. it still feels like we have so much further to go. And yeah. I made a choice when I when I started the business a decade ago that no matter what, I was going to work on my best idea. Mm-hmm. and this has been my best idea in 10 years and I was going to enjoy doing it and so even though oh, I've had nice. some hundred hour weeks in the last 10 years I haven't really worked a day <laughs> in my in, 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 since then because I I've always wanted to work on this thing every day and so that mm-hmm. that's a really that I mean that I guess that's how you define success is working on things yeah. that you want to work on right. and, and, and doing what it is you want to do. And, and for me, that's, that's where I'm at. So I'm going to keep doing this as long as that's the case. If it ever gets mm-hmm. to the point where I'm not good at it anymore, I've topped out and we may find that to be the case of, you know, when we get over a hundred people this time, or maybe we get to, the next level in sales. But, but as so long as I'm decent at it and I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it, I'm going to keep, keep building it. Um, We haven't raised any outside money or anything. So we're kind of in charge of our own destiny, which is good. That's good. A yeah. lot of times as, as a founder, you kind of have to be careful of, of that. If you sure. raise in, uh, capital from investors, you're no longer in the driver's seat. And so right. We're, right. we're very fortunate as far as that's concerned, but uh, for me, I'm very much still in the video game of business, and maybe I I'm on that. level seven, and and I want to get to Bowser. I want to get to Mike Tyson. Yeah, um, yes. Uh, I know and those games. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, the, the, if you know those games, and you remember that, uh, then you remember that when you got beat, when you lost, it, it, it sent you to a screen that said "Game Over." Yeah. Push start to continue. And, and that's kind of how business is. That's kind of how life is like, (laughs) yeah, you, you lost, but push start to continue. Game over. Yeah. Push start to continue. So, yeah. so uh, that that uh, that that that's that's kind of where we're at. You know, it's it's a lot of trial and error, sure. and it's trial and error building the business. It's trial and error with 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 my, with how I recruit my team and, and and my leadership style still to this day. Because managing on you know managing engineers and developers and designers is very different than managing mechanics and crew foremen and salespeople. Right. So so that's had to evolve. So I'm still challenged by it, still, still having fun with it. So I'm just going to keep doing more of what we're already doing pretty well at.
0: Ah, I love that, Brian. Um, Last, last thing I'll ask you is, um, you know, I I think growth is a lot about um, managing and, and becoming aware of your own emotions and, and the emotional energy within yourself. How have you managed to kind of, you know, um, capture that, be aware of that as you've grown the company and, and, and just kind of, as you shared your own personal growth journey, how, how did you tap into that emotional, um, state or the, the emotions of growth that you, you know, kind of had to navigate through as you've, as you've grown your company?
1: Yeah. Screwed it up, did it wrong. (laughs) And then, and then, Really went through the painful moment of realized, man, I screwed that up. And, and I'll never forget, it was, it, was, it was maybe 15 years ago in my first business. Um, we, we, had, we had a weekly team meeting, and, 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 and man, everybody was complaining about uh, wanting to get a pay raise. And, and man, we just flat out couldn't afford it. And And I remember I blew up in front of everybody. and and i was just like you know we're doing everything we can to keep the lights on around here this was through the 2008 financial crisis and 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 all you guys can do is complain about pay raises and you know and and it was a very victimized uh reaction i guess you could say and and i just stormed out oh man and and uh went home (laughs) and and i thought i thought man i I could have handled that better, and and I, I I remember somebody really wise told me once: it's okay to make mistakes, it's not okay to repeat them. Yeah. And I thought mm. I'm, and I thought from that moment forward, I'm never going to do that again. I am mm. never going to uh, react. Yeah. And I'm, and so in the book uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey, yeah. one of the best books on leadership. I wish I had read it when I was 23 years <laughs> old or 22 years old. I, I didn't pick it up until about. Eight years ago, Um, but one of the things, and one of the key, I think, one of the seven habits is, 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 is putting a pause between stimulus and response. So something has stimulated you, uh, where people Mm. pissed off because they want a pay raise and you can't afford it. A pause between that and your response, and it's so hard to do, yeah. but but it's something that I've tried to carry with me is like, okay, I just got an email from somebody, and it has pissed me off. <laughs> let me just let me just put a pause there, let me give it an hour and then respond rather than yeah. fire that email off. Um, and so this is good. simple stuff that everybody kind of knows, but it's really <laughs> hard to do, yeah. And I think I think it's like, like when you screw it up, it's okay, you screwed it up, it's okay to make a mistake, it's not okay to repeat it. Right. And 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 putting a pause between the s- stimulus and response, I think it's a it's a Viktor Frankl thing that, yeah, that, right. that, that that Stephen Covey put in the book. I try to remind myself of that every day, and and I don't mm. think I've screwed up that bad since. So I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty pleased about that. Love uh, that,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> man. You know, Brian. One of the things that I, I love about this conversation, I, I think is, and and I think for the the, the listeners, for the leaders that are listening. I don't care where you are on your leadership journey. Um, it's, it's really, you know, so oftentimes I think that on social media, we think that entrepreneurs have just got it all figured out, man. And it's, mm. and it's a straight line. And, and what I'm hearing you say is, man, you've, you've had to like you, Bob and we and you know, do, you know, you, it, it's not a straight line and, and you know, you don't have it all figured out, but you learned along the way from your mistakes and from That's the right. failure. So quote unquote failures. Um, and i I'm wondering if if you know you I mean if I wonder if that resonates with you and then if Absolutely. so, you know like what would you say to an emerging leader, especially maybe new in their leadership journey in um, you know and and their growth path?
1: Yeah, nobody teaches us how to be a good entrepreneur. nobody teaches us how to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody teaches us how to be a good manager we're not taught this anywhere in school. We're taught how to be good workers. We're, yeah. we're, we're taught, you know, maybe even in business school, we're not taught yeah. how to do this stuff effectively. And so mm-hmm. the only way you can really learn how to do it is to get in there and screw it up a couple <laughs> of times, make mistakes, but don't repeat them yeah. and, and go through the reps, go through the reps of, okay, I hired this person and they left after a month. Why did they leave? Mm-hmm. Why did they go work for my competitor? Is what am I doing wrong? Okay, all right, let me adjust. And it's like it's the only way. And 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 mm-hmm. to go back to, go back to to combat sports as a as a metaphor, you you can, you can watch every YouTube video you want to watch. You can read every book you want to read on 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 jujitsu or or boxing or or yeah. whatever. But you won't learn a thing until you actually spar. And, and you, can, you can do drills, you can hit a bag, but until yeah. you start sparring, that's when you really learn. That's when you really learn how to, how to, how to, how to defend yourself. And, yeah. and so business and life is really the same way. Yeah. You won't learn, you, you, can, you can read a million John Maxwell books, you can yeah. read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that's great, I encourage you, you do, yeah. but you won't learn anything until you get one or two people to join you on your mission and, and accomplish a, a, a purpose or cause together. And, and you, you really won't learn what your style is. You, you really won't learn what your blind spots are and, and 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 tactically how you're going to do this until you get in there and put in the reps. Yeah. And so I, I think the only way you can learn this stuff is, is to do it, is to live it, is to be committed to it, to understand it's what's making your life interesting. It's what's mm-hmm. giving you purpose. Yeah. Um, I know of no other way to do it other than to screw it up and fix it and, 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 and get better and better and better.
0: Oh, man, I, I love that, Brian. And thank you so much for just sharing your your journey with us here today. I mean, I, I always love having these conversations, especially for people like you who have gone through, you know, growth, um, not only business wise, but also in their own leadership journey and in their own personal growth. Um, it's, it's so I think it's so instructive. I, I, I always one of the reasons why I do this podcast is you know, selfishly I like to learn. And, you know, then I like to be able to share that learning with the people that I uh impact and the people that I that I work uh, for and with. And um so thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate it. How can people, you know, get in touch with you? How do they if they want their yard mowed, how do they get a hold of uh, green GreenPal? <laughs>
1: yeah, life's life's too short to, to mow your own grass. So just use GreenPal, go to yeah. GreenPal com, sign up. Uh, anybody wants to hit me up. I I actually spend most of my time, uh, on socials on Instagram. So just uh, shoot me a DM there, Brian M Clayton, and I'll respond back to you there.
0: Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much. It's been a delight to have this conversation. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you, David. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, you bet.